before we get started, we're going to have a couple of prayers. And Isaac, if you would pray. Yes. And Kylie, if you would pray. And then we will get into some worship. Lord, we come to you this evening. We, we pray that your spirit would fill this place, Father. We pray that we would all come with open hearts and just do what you want us to do, Lord. Sing the songs you want us to sing. Bring Micah the message you want her to, to bring, Father. We pray that uh, as we leave this place, we have safe travels, and we pray uh, people that go to Rio that they would have safe travels there and, and back home, and, and we pray that you would keep us Keep us safe, Lord. Keep, keep your arms round about us and with us throughout our weeks. Jesus, give me a pray. Amen. Amen. Dear God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this week that you have blessed us with. God, I thank you for dying the cross for our sins, Lord.
aside and refine into the individual that we are now, which is living anew in, in Christ. Because I think that a lot of people skip over this, like, there's this half step almost between being saved and living as a follower of Christ. You know, it's this part of you're discovering who you're going to be and who you are in Christ. And it's such a scary process. And not very many people talk about it because they just say, oh, once you're saved, then you're a follower of Christ and, you know, you are, you know, doing great and you're going to go and make fishers of men and all the stuff. And yes, that's true. But there's also this, this transition period where you see who you were before Christ and you know how that person would have reacted to things, how that person would have thought, how that person would have acted, how that person would have spoke to other people. And you have to now be somebody you don't even recognize. You know, it's one thing to look at the world differently. It's one thing to look at people differently. But to look at yourself completely differently and not recognize who you are anymore is another thing. And this week has just been filled with me trying to give encouragement to people who are feeling this this anxiety about this transition that they're having to deal with in their life and still struggling with sin. And I just wanted to say to anybody who may be feeling this way, no matter if you're just starting out in your faith or if, you know, you're years down the road and you're still struggling with things that maybe you struggled with in the very beginning of your faith, don't be discouraged by that because it says Paul says that we should boast in our weaknesses because it's in our weaknesses that God's power is really shown he he works in our weaknesses and he uses them for his glory we don't have to be these great huge amazing people who have these this unfathomable faith and we don't have to compare our faith to other people it's it's a relationship go around comparing the relationship you have with your best friend with the relationship you have with somebody you just met it's different you know and I just pray that anybody who may be feeling discouraged anybody who feels less than anybody who feels like they are completely submerged underwater and they're drowning don't be discouraged
I was reading about something like, I don't know, the Lord was just showing me something, you know, about, um, you know, about giving. And he was showing me something about, you know, this, this ministry. I could see this, this being a church. And I don't know if this is a me thing. I may be probably just talking out, but I just really like feel it in my heart. And the Lord showed me, like, like the book of Acts. He was showing me in the book of Acts, what I'm about to start reading. And I could just see kids running around. Yeah. I could see people just marriages being restored, miracle signs of wonders happening. Yeah. I could see us not in the Nazarene, not in just wheels and like his house, not in gate, I mean, not in um, Grace Life. I could see us, if we had the, I mean, if we could really have the faith and believe it, I could see us in our own building. That the Lord will make it happen. Amen. I can see us in our own like place, our own tabernacle. And the Lord has shown me this in Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the, pro the proceeds to all as any need to have, as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. They broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful with sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Every day the Lord added their number those who were being saved. He is getting ready to add more numbers. I really feel it. Add more numbers in this place. Not just through Matthew, not just through Will, Micah, not just through but through all of us. And the Lord's really convicted me about it. When are we going to step out of our comfort zone and speak gospel? You know, I really believe that this place can grow. Yeah. But it starts with us. Yeah, that's right. Us going out and disciple. We've already been discipled. Yeah. Now it's time for us to go disciple and bring people in. Yeah. I'll tell you, I, I believe that this place can grow. That's right. I believe God can do a lot in this And I really do.
to get our food, man. We cannot forget and we cannot understand the serenity that comes in these, in these garden moments when we get to be together. It's, it's so crucial in our walk to be a part of the garden of God, man.
got chills over my body. I just feel the Holy Spirit all over me. You know, I was telling Isaac yesterday about when, when I was looking at the Bible house, Jesus was not on the cross. And right there was a thief. Now, everybody else was rejecting Jesus. Everybody else was crying because they wanted him off the cross. But there was a thief, and he looked at him and said, forgive me for breaking your heart, for doing wrong against you. Now, anybody else, you know, if Jesus could, could, could forgive the thief that was hanging on a cross, the same cross that Jesus was hanging on. And he said this, I will see you in paradise again. I don't care what you've done wrong. You could, and I'm not saying, and I'm just saying this. Yeah. <clears throat> you could have done the worst sin in your past. You could have done something that was terrible and you felt like God could forgive you. Yeah. Or you feel like God can't forgive you right now because of something you did in your past and you did something wrong. But I want you to know that he is right there telling, saying the same thing. Yeah. That he had told us the thief. But are you wanting, really wanting? He wanted that forgiveness. He wanted to see Jesus again. He wanted to taste and see his goodness. Because he is so
praise you. We give you glory and honor for such a wonderful blessing of, of being able to rest in your presence, of being able to worship. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I'm going to share something with you guys. Some of you may think that, like, man, doesn't it, doesn't it, like, bother Will? Like, every now and then, some people just completely interrupt the song that he's doing and, and do a different song. And I want you guys to know that when way back when, when Committed was first getting rolling, when me and Mike had first started coming there, there wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of singers. You know, I mean, I know everybody sings like you. You can. I've given the spiel a thousand quintillion times about how beautiful your voice is and all the angels. And he'd rather hear your voice. And y'all know that, so I'm not going to bore you with that again. But, but man, I, I prayed. I prayed and I prayed every single time that I led worship. And it may have just been me and Micah and one other. And you know, it may have just been me. Um, and, and I prayed that God would bring voices into the room so that we could lean on each other, that there wouldn't have to be one person singing. And man, he did it. And I forgot all about it until just now. And you know, we got Garrett and we got Kylie and we got Anthony and we got, I mean, man, I even, I love hearing Isaac's voice. I love all the voices in the room. He's even made, he's even refined voices that were already here. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, praise God. Yeah, praise you know, half the time I feel like we forget what we prayed about. And then years later when it happens, we're like, oh God, I asked you for this. And here it is. It may have not been when I wanted it, but man, I'm glad it's here now. <coughs> so thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the voices in the room. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, for such freedom in a group of people to just sing what's on their heart. Yeah. Praise God that we have a group of people that will sing and they will open their mouths when God speaks to them. Because I tell you, we don't get to this one accord. We don't, we don't get to this kind of serenity and this kind of presence by random people singing random songs. Yeah. We get to this kind of place because of obedience. Yeah. We get to this place by letting him be the conductor, by letting him lead the way. It doesn't matter how many great, beautiful singers. You can get Dante Bo, you can get uh, uh, Chandler Moore, you can get all these guys in the room. But man, if God's not leading the songs they're singing, and who's singing when, yeah. man, on, the spirit isn't there. Yeah. Because he wants to be in control. He wants to be in the music. Lord, help us, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's a wonderful group of people that is just willing to obey. Thank you just for a group full of leaders. And everyone of you in this room may not think that you have a leadership role, but you do. Amen. We are all sheep and we are all shepherds. Yeah. Sorry if you don't know, but you got a flock. Yeah. You got people that look up to you. You got people that are watching you. You got people that are, that are, that are doing your every move and you don't even know it. People that are looking behind you and saying, man, I'm, I'm going to be just like that. I mean, I'm, I want to be just like that. What do you want to be doing when they say that? Because it doesn't matter what you're doing. They're still going to say it regardless. Yep. You know, one day we're all going to be raising kids. And man, it don't matter what scripture you say to them. It don't matter what you tell them. But man, your actions are what's going to tell them. Yeah. Your actions. You acting like Christ will do more for them than, than the, reading them the word at night. I believe it. 
Man, it's like, it, man, kids are carbon copies of their parents. Yep. Little things different here and there, but man, come on. We, 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 we follow God like our parents do. So let us just, I pray a blessing over us as, as parents one day. I know everybody's there, and I, I know me and Micah may be closer, and I know everybody else might not, but man, you're going to have kids one day. And if you're not in a, a leading by example, and you're leading by instruction, you're going to lead your kids astray, man. Yeah. That's serious. So Jesus, we, we pray that, that you would bless our children with parents that lead by example, Father. We are that Joshua generation. Yeah. We are the ones that are going to turn it around. We're tired of the same old, same old. We're tired of being churches this way, churches that way. We're going to be one. Because we don't care about a place. We don't care about a building. We don't care about a denomination. We have come to be one. And that's one in one thing. You can't be one and be separated 45 some thousand times. Or whatever many denominations there are. Nothing wrong against any denomination here or there, but man, God made the church to be one. So Lord, let the, let the label not matter. There, I'm not saying there can't be Nazarene, there can't be this, but Lord, let the Nazarene not be what defines. Let the, yeah. let the Baptist not be what defines who we are, but let you be the definition of our heart. God, if there was a way that somebody could do spiritual surgery, when they open up our hearts, it's you they see first. Yes. Not a label, not anything else but you, God. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. I pray for Micah as she's going to speak to us, Father. Lord, let, our, let us have hearing ears. Yeah. Lord, anytime that somebody reads from the Word of God, anytime that somebody shares, Father, there's something there for each and every one of us. Amen. Let us not think, oh, I've heard this one before. Let us not think that, Father. Get that out of our head. Get that ploy of the enemy out of our mind, Lord. Let us all intently listen, Father. And that goes yes. for when anybody speaks, Lord. Help yes. us with that. It's something that we struggle with as a collective, Father. Yes. So as a family, we pray for, for a better attention when, when somebody is speaking, Father. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, uh, Chaz, do you have like a, a timeline or like a decision that you need to make anytime soon? I've, I've been kind of pressuring myself about like a timeline. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, while we were worshiping early, the Lord told me that you had like a timeline that you were dealing with, and um, He told me to to tell you Job twenty two, twenty eight. You will succeed in whatever you choose to do, and light will shine on the road ahead of you. So just whatever you're battling and whatever you're going through, dude, the Lord says that whatever you're choosing, whatever you're doing, He's He's already put the light on it. also said not to worry about the wedding, not to worry about Hannah, and that all the, the things that you're, you're beating yourself up about that as well, that you're, you're not a failure with her, you're not going to be a failure with her, you're not less than, he perfectly selected all of it for a reason, so it's just what he wanted me to tell you. So, I just want to start off by saying it was okay. Okay. They got in the ambulance, she got an IV, and she's good. Perfect. So it's probably just dehydration or something. Okay. I know that you're worried about that. Yes. Um, so, I don't know if like some of you guys have heard my testimony. I think I've shared it before, but um, the Lord told me to 
share our testimony. And I was like, honestly, at first I was like, I, I literally looked at when we sat home and testimony. He's like, um, everybody has testimony. Okay. Well, then, like, let's go back through my timeline, I guess, and figure out one. Because, you know, your testimony is what you've gone through, the trials and tribulations and things that you've learned from. Um, so, I've always been in church. I was a PK kid. My mom was a little pastor. Um, and so I was I was running around the church, you know, drawing on the walls in the nursery, did whatever I wanted. Um, basically. And so, um, like, in the beginning of my life, like, even going into middle school, like, I was just, like, always, like, <clears throat> with God, like, never really had a time in my life that I was, like, oh, like, crazy or, like, whatever. And, like, I was in middle school just sharing the word, and, like, my friends were, like, they were, like, crazy, like, they were middle school, they were drinking, vaping, all this stuff, and, like, then I was just in the middle of that friend group, like, hey, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's the Jesus freak, like, in the middle of the friend group that literally all those kids are crazy, but, um, so that was my life in middle school, so there was one thing, one thing that I struggled with in middle school, and that I still struggle with, but I'll get to the point where, um, God finally, um, took that out of my life, but I struggled really, really, really bad with, um, learning. Like, school, anything school-related, like, reading, literally, like, couldn't even read two sentences without, you know, it was just bad. It was not good. Um, but, so that was, that was really the only thing that I struggled with in middle school, and um, I just kind of looked past it. Just, I didn't really, like, focus on school or anything, because I was just living my life, you know, it's middle school. Um, and then fast forward to high school, I'm still struggling with the same problem. Never went to God about it was just like, oh, I'm really bad at learning. Like, that's just who I am. Like, I just took that on my identity. And I was like, yeah, I'm Micah Burnett, and I'm bad at learning. Thank you. Um, so, I, we all tend to do that all the time. Because we take what we think we are instead of what God thinks we are. Um, so, then I got, like, really, really busy. Got a boyfriend. First, first boyfriend. Um, I joined show choir. I was on the dance team. Anything that I could keep my time, I did. I did. I went. We went to church probably my freshman year. Like I was at church like ever since like I was in the nursery. The dawn of times. The dawn of times. And so I would always go. I mean, like Sunday, mom was dragging us. Sunday, we had both services because we were PK kids. Both services had to hit both of them. And we Wednesday night. I mean, we were there all day, all day. Um, but in high school, got really busy, had my own car, made my own decisions, and so then it was like, oh yeah, we get a woman's day now, and like, so then I just like, kind of quit going to church, and then I started going to church with Will, and so I really only went on Sundays, because they only have a Sunday service, so I kind of, not that I veered like completely away from God, but just like, wasn't as strong as I was, and, um, so after my busyness occurred, I, um, Whenever I met Will, I became very, very, very dependent upon him. Like, literally leaned on him for absolutely everything. And just was like, God was like in the other corner. And then it was just like me and Will. Not good. Um, so then, fast forward, me and Will went through a really bad spot in our relationship. It was just a little rocky. And so that, that, um, 
that foundation that I had on will was crumbled. I had no more foundation because my foundation wasn't on God, which is strong and always, always strong and never crumbles. And it was on will. And that, that one was gone. So then I was just like, well, I don't even know who I am. I don't even know what I'm doing in life. Like, I completely lost sight of absolutely everything. And was just spinning out of control. And so this time in my life was, like, really, really hard. But it also forced me to regain, regain trust in God. Like, there was no other option. Like, you have to go somewhere. So I, I went back to what I used to know. And so I started trusting in God and regaining trust in him. And a verse that came to me whenever I was going through this was Romans 8.28. And we, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, which literally Hannah Worley quotes that every single time something bad happens. She's like, God's going to turn it to good. Mm-hmm. Romans 8.28. Yep. I'm like, oh my gosh. But she's right. Um, so um, then I moved on to college and I'm still struggling with this learning thing. I still just think that I'm completely stupid. And, um, and well, me and Will kind of started getting better though. We were good, we got engaged, everything was great. We started growing together, reading together, it was a good time. But I still had, I actually asked God in our, in our time together, I, we were like, yeah, show us what we need to work out of our life like before we get married because like we want everything like clean slate like let's like work out some stuff before we get married um and he was like hey hey so you think that you're stupid right but you're not so let's work on that one and I was like right right um so I started praying about it and um was just like you know had to do that how who was how was their last name Molly Steel. Steel. Yeah. She she preached this message, and I will forever remember this message. And she, um, she had like this table as like a representation. She was like, whatever's like the devil puts things down on the table, and like you have the option to go and pick it up, or just leave it there. Like you don't have to pick it up. And then God puts things on the <coughs> table that you should pick up, like you know. And so like I was picking up like a learning disability. Like I was picking that up and literally just carrying it around with me. Like whenever I didn't have to do that, like I could just give it to God. Mm-hmm. So um, I, that helped me like put it into perspective. Like you're choosing this, let's choose this. Um, so that message like really changed me and like really like made me like be able to start working through it. And um, prayer obviously helped a lot. Um, but the more I got into God's word, the better I would start reading. Cause I literally used to like be able to read and I would like jumble every other word. Like I used to like, but like that was not, I know how to read. It was just like the devil was in my mind. Like you don't know how to read, you don't know how to read, you don't know how to read. Like that's literally what would go through my mind when I would read, which is so stupid. But anyways, sorry, I shouldn't use that word. Um, so then um, fast forward, the next tribulation was getting a house. Now, if you're ever looking for a house, do not do what we did and literally scroll through and obsess your whole entire life into it until you find one. Because, because that's not how, literally, I think though, like, you correct me if I'm wrong. Like, at that point, like, so we found, so we were looking, right? And we went to this one house. It was a yellow house, really cute. 
it was in a good location, whatever, where we were looking to remodel house, because great remodel is very ugly and awful. Um, so we found out like right before we put an offer in that the foundation was bad. So like that was gone. And like we didn't even see that. We were just like, oh, that's just another house we don't get. Like we were so mad, honestly, it was kind of funny. And then the next house was like a white and red house and we put an offer in that was above the asking price, like way above. We were like, okay, like we're getting this house if we want it. And we didn't get it. We were literally like, we were mad at this point. We were like, okay, like I'm done, whatever. I even quit looking for houses a little bit because he was too obsessed. But, um, Fair. but so then the Lord brought this other house and like we, we walked into this house and we were just like, we we're like looking at each other like, yep, this is it. So like God like literally was like, like blocking us from those other opportunities because he knew. But like in that moment, we were just so angry because we wanted it now, we wanted it now, we wanted it now. Because like that's how humans think, you know? So like a lot of the time, people struggle with like trusting and stuff. And I think that's what we struggled with in that moment. And like that taught us, like that was like our biggest lesson. We were like, oh, okay, God's got it. Like this is way bigger than what we are. Um, and now he's like helped us with it. That's helped us like trust with our finances. Like it's so much easier to trust with our finances and other things like that. And um, yeah, I don't know. We just gained a lot of trust and confidence and it was good for us. Um, but in those moments, like, oh, I didn't mean. So I went to college and um, so whenever I went into this program, I, you have to apply, right, to be in a program. You would submit your whatever application or whatever. I did it, was it 2000? First year was 2020? 2020. I was a, I think like a sophomore in college or something. No, junior. I don't know. I was like, I was a freshman. Okay, I'm, I was, never mind. I was a freshman in college. So I thought I took all of the classes that you're supposed to take. So I took all of them, but one. I forgot to take one of the classes that I, cause I was not, I'm not good at math. Okay, I shouldn't have that up. I struggle with math. Um, and so, and so I had to take an extra, I, I had to take extra math classes because I didn't have a good score, good enough score. And that's, that's okay, it's okay. Um, so, I didn't even look like on the thing. I just like applied. I was like, whatever. So I was, and I literally crumbled to pieces. They gave me my like not acceptance letter. That's what I'm calling it. Um, just acceptance. Um, rejected. And rejected. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a little too much. Definitely disaccepting for, for sure. Uh, I like to <laughs> You're accepted, but we're disaccepting you. Yeah. I'm accepted. So, so what happened rejected. was um, I didn't take all the classes that I needed to take. So, but it definitely was like a God thing because I was not ready to go into this program. Like, just was not ready at all because I hadn't went through the moment where I had prayed and prayed and prayed to God for him to take away like that feeling of I'm not good enough because if I would have went into that program I was probably honestly would have failed because like in my mind like I couldn't read <coughs> like that was just like how I was in that moment so like it just was the timing like you so trusting God is really a big thing in life um but then the next following year, it was on my birthday, and I got accepted into the program, and it was just 
Just table. You guys do look alike, but the past two times she's been here, she sat next to Chad. Because Jasmine, because he has not that. Jazz. I get that. Jazz. You like jazz? Like, I just learned you said that. I forgot to say earlier that actually my mom also got me through those situations because she was the one with me that cried in bed with me. The she, time. she cried with you? Uh, yeah, she actually did cry. She's a cryer. Okay. Just wasn't better five. She so, cries a so lot. It's okay. It's okay, cry. 
I'm pretty sure when I have a baby, he's just going to be in the cor corner oh, weeping in a ball. It's going to be really fun. It's going to help it all. Oh, oh my God. Wow. The expectations are low. If you don't want to find my mother in this room, I'm going to kill all of you. Okay? Oh, guys. I'm going to be crying. I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. Sorry. No, he's crying because what you said is helping him. Good. It's good stuff. As soon as I look to her, I just start crying. Yeah. About your scars? Yeah. yeah. Um, but no matter your circumstance, God will bring you through it. Yeah. Even because I, I wasn't trusting God at all. Like that was encouraging to me to look back. Like I didn't trust God. I did not believe that it was going to happen. Like he just brought, he picked me up, dragged me. He was like, come on, girl. We're getting out of this. Like we got to go. And so it, that was like encouraging to me that literally no matter your circumstance, the Lord will bring you through it. He has you. We are his children, and he's he's told us, like, we got you. It's all good. I got you. Um, but through this, trust, prayer, forgiveness, and fellowship. Um, those were my things that got me through it, like talking through it. If you don't talk about things, it's not going to be helpful. Um, so, yes. So, once again, TR always says to review. So, the verse right after that was, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all his sins. All our sins. Sorry, sorry. First John 1, 7. Um, so I wanted to split into like, just like pairs. And um, I had three questions for you. So I don't know if somebody wants to write them down or just a mental note or anything or something. That you just. Okay, cool. So just share a little bit of your testimony or the whole thing. I don't care. However long you want to do this. Um, and then the first question is, where did you feel the weakest? Okay. The second question, what got you through your weakest moments? And the third question was, where was God in it? And I got that from Matthew. I'm not going to lie. For me? Yeah. Because whenever, when it, remember you said that one time? You talked about, in like, when you talk, the like, where was God where in was it? God like, in imagine where yeah. was God. And I imagined where God was, and he was in my bedroom sitting beside me and my mom. Yep. And, like, that was awesome. Yep. So, that was pretty cool. I used that the other day, actually, like, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll break it up in group, like, a month? Yeah. <laughs> twos. 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 I want you guys. All right. I call, That's good. I call Tan Man. Matthew. Nope, I don't want you. Uh, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, what was the third question? He says I'm uh, joking, Jester. Where was God in it? Was God in it? Yeah. It's your question, man. That's not going to go anywhere. Send me the group yeah. chat. Yeah. I already yeah. forgot they were. Uh, okay, I have, four, four, I have four, to go with it. Here, I'll, uh, I'll do it. Because mine's weird. Mine's, uh, yep. I don't know where. Samaria, uh, talking. Yeah, don't worry. Share your testimony, probably. <laughs> Thank you.